Hello, this is the Popcorn and Pop Culture Podcast. Welcome to all of our listeners. My name is Robert Eng, and with me all the way over Skype is my buddy Michael Sheehan. What's up, man? What's up, people? <laughs> That's a great entrance, Mike. I like that. You got to do it more often. Yeah, thanks. All right. So, Mike, what do we have in store for this episode today? So, you guys haven't heard from us in a little while. We you know, we've both been very busy. Rob and I have, I don't know if we're going to go into all the details, but we've been doing a lot about life, just enjoying life and, and uh, crazy amounts of stuff. So we want to just recap, um, you know, where we are. We're at the midway point or just past midway point of 2018. So we're just going to talk about a couple of favorite things that have happened in the first six months of the year. So we're going to cover our favorite film, uh, favorite TV show and favorite sports moment from the last six months. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. You know, and I like I like it when we talk about our favorites because I feel like a lot of other podcasts and articles out there, they're like, oh, what was the best movie? What was the best of this? And I don't really like saying best of. I think that's just so, you know, so subjective what the best is, in your opinion. We all have different tastes. And so I'm really, really intrigued and interested to hear, Mike, your favorite movie, your favorite TV, your favorite sports moment so far of 2018. So you want to start us off, Mike? Yeah, so what are we doing? Favorite movie first? Sure, sounds good. Okay, so my favorite uh, film of the year um, was a Netflix original film um, called Anon, A-N-O-N, kind of short for anonymous. Um, Just a little uh, background about the film, uh, starring uh, Clive Owen. Um, It's a movie about um, a detective in the future who um, all the detectives and all the cops use kind of what you call like the ability to to port into other people other people's minds and watch like what they see and what's happening um but then there's a hacker who is hacking into people's minds and erasing what happens after they kill people so he's investigating this and his mind gets hacked as well as all of the other people all the other detectives and police so it's a pretty fascinating film um it kind of came out of nowhere I think with a lot of these Netflix original films, you don't necessarily hear a lot building up to them. Kind of just like, oh, this is coming out in two weeks and here it is. Um, but I really thought it was really cool. Uh, you know, I had a big kick this year overall on sci-fi. And this was definitely right up the alley. So if you're into sci-fi, if you're into detective uh, movies, and if you like Clive Owen, this is your movie. Um, I, I thought Clive Owen was great. So that was my favorite film of the year so far. I was going to say, listening to you do that i'm just like all right i know you like clive owen all right yeah i know you've been on a sci-fi kick and i'm just like this is this is, this sounds perfectly right up your alley like that's hilarious yeah yeah you know i don't know what what kicked off my sci-fi kick this year um because overall i don't watch a lot of sci-fi films ever um or tv shows but something i just i would i've been in a mood you know i guess because it's a little bit different and i haven't typically been watching a lot of that kind of content that, um, yeah, I branched out, and now I've been consuming it uh, by the masses. So, You know, it's interesting because I don't know what Clive Owen has been up to recently, Mike. Do you have any more information or, you know, any anything? About, I, I haven't heard from him in maybe years. What, what has he been up to? Do you know? Um, without going to IMDb, I know he's done kind of like a, a, a couple really small independent dramas. Um but other than that, he has not done a lot of things. Um, but I think he's 
you know, kind of wanted to take films where he was still the leading man and not take a secondary or character acting role, which I think is a little disappointing because I think he could really excel in that and, and have a great avenue for that. Um, but yeah, he's, you know, stick to the leading man roles. And I think those are kind of few and far in between for his quote unquote type. So I think that's why you haven't seen him. Nice, nice. And just one more, you know, I have a question for you about your pick. It's like, um, I don't know, just what, what made it so, you know, memorable or your favorite movie so far this year? It sounds like a movie that, you know, I would be really interested to uh, to watch. But I'm just curious, like, what, what makes this stand out as your favorite movie so far this year? Was the movie that good or maybe were the other movies not up to par so far? Um, You know, I... <laughs> It's not like I would walk away saying this was like the greatest movie I, I've seen in the last. Yeah, I don't even know that it's the best film that I've seen in the last six months, but it's just really I, I really liked it for many reasons. Mainly, I, I have to say he's Clive Owen. I just enjoy him as an actor. I think he's got such talent. And um, it was great to see him kind of take the reins of this movie. And, and, you know, he's just so believable that when he's struggling with the, you know, the mystery of everything, like you really believe it. Um, and on top of that, just the technology aspect of the film, this is stuff that I totally could see becoming a reality. Um, and I like watching futuristic uh, films or TV shows that has technology that you could easily see happening. Um, as I will talk a little bit more about maybe in when we get to our TV shows, um, you know, sometimes when you're watching something that you're just so far removed because it's just complete fantasy when this comes to the technology that it, you know, it's harder to connect to it. But this was something that I could see easily happening, you know, in 25 years. Awesome, man. Yeah, no, it sounds like a really cool pick. I never even heard of it, but I'm really intrigued to check it out when I had the chance. You said it's on Netflix, right? Yep. It's a Netflix original. So right now that's the only place you can get it. <laughs> but uh, Bob, what was your favorite film? Awesome. Well, okay, so my favorite film so far in 2018, full disclosure, I haven't really seen too many films because, like Mike said, we've been really, really busy with our lives. So I picked a relatively small film, probably so small I'm not sure if anyone has heard of it. It's called Thoroughbreds. Um, it is from first-time director Corey Finley. It's basically this dark comedy-slash-film-noir-slash-psychological-thriller and it, it stars relatively unknown actresses. I've never heard of them before. Olivia Cook and uh, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. And it's a, it's a really fascinating film. I liked it so much because, number one, like, I, you know, I love, I love the, the movies that really deal with coming-of-age stories and deals with, like, the teenager, the teenage years, sometimes in high school. And this kind of fit in right in that. But there was just this really big sense and tone of darkness in this film and it's about these two young ladies you know high schoolers that are seemingly you know it it throws you right in the middle of their lives and it, the mystery of it of all is like you don't know what happened prior but there's definitely some things that have happened before the movie took place that you're just trying to figure out and of course they fill you in little by little as the movie goes along so i kind of i really enjoy films like that the way that they kind of just like they, they pulled back the sheet a little bit by a little bit as the movie kept on progressing. And yeah, it's, it, it's a really interesting type of commentary, too, about, you know, the upper class and how it really paints this picture about this generation of teenagers 
that um, especially this upper class family, how they kind of like they never had to they never were denied anything. And therefore, what can they really value if they've never been denied anything? And it has to do with a lot of empathy and lack of feelings and emotions within characters. Again, I don't want to give too much away because it's a short film. I think it's only 90 minutes long, but it, it, it just did it for me. When I watched this movie, I was hooked. It was, it's basically all dialogue. It's really no action that happens, but there's still some really, really awesome, thrilling aspects to the film. The characters were believable. I'm not a big fan of like young actors and actresses, especially you know ones that I've never seen before. But they killed it. They were very believable. They were very. They had great chemistry. It even had the late Anton Yelchin in there, whom I loved. I loved his entire movie career, and he was in this. This might have been the last film he's he he, he record he recorded before he passed away. Um, so yeah, really really loved this film. Mike, have you heard of it? I have heard of it. I don't know much about it. But let me ask you a question, because you mentioned that you love coming-of-age age films. And why, so why is that? Do you think it's because that part of your life might have been, like, the most interesting? I personally, yeah, I would say I always found the teenage years, especially high school, maybe early college, as so fascinating because maybe, you know, I mean, we all have gone through that those years, and I personally think that those are such fascinating years to even like look at, to scrutinize, to analyze, because these are like we, those are four to like four to seven or eight years of your life that th- you're, you're going through so many changes, you're experiencing firsts, so many firsts in your life. You are really kind of you're, you're establishing your blueprint. You're you're, you're creating own personality and everything that you do is building your character and you make so many mistakes and that's what makes it so dramatic because you have no experience to a lot of these adult things adult problems mature things that you are you have to face dead on and as teenagers as you know you're stupid you make errors you don't know the world when you when you're thrown out there for the first time and there's a lot of things that you have to go through you know internally and externally the way you treat and are treated by strangers and friends and family and and that really in my opinion it really establishes who who you're going to become in the future and that's why all these type of coming of age stories really really it speaks to me and i'm always so fascinated about the human condition especially during those years mike what do you think uh, wow great answer <laughs> I, I i don't even know how to respond man that was just so well well thought out and well said um, yeah, I, I think it's a fascinating uh, period of time as well. And, you know, something you said about, you know, all the mistakes we make, um, it, it is pretty crazy when you think back upon it, like all the dumb things we did or said or thought we liked but really didn't like, you know. We just, um, yeah, we make a lot of mistakes, and that's really when you do truly define yourself and refine yourself. Um, so it is a pretty interesting period of time. Um and one other like show that kind of popped in my head just while you're talking about is um, <clears throat> Thirteen Reasons Why, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think like that show like really encapsulated like now granted they were, you know they were dealing with a lot more dramatic stuff than like you or I dealt with during our our, our years in high school, but the they do such a good job of capturing like the drama of the teenage years and like how dramatic everything feels and seems because we're just learning how to deal with our emotions. Um, so I just a uh, shout out to that show because I think that does that uh, really well. 
Oh yeah, exactly. You know, and I think, in my opinion, I think that a lot of high school movies and teenage dramas they get a bad reputation for being just like, oh, you know, this is kiddie stuff. This is like a youth adult type of thing. But I think when done correctly, and when you really give those films and television programs the chance, it really can shed light on a lot of things. And I, it's like it's like a generational period of teenage years that really just goes like, you know, adults look at teenagers in a different way that they, they probably don't even accept them the way that they should. And they don't, you know, like we're, we're, when you're an adult now, you've gone through your teenage years. We should be more understanding that these teenagers are going to make mistakes and they can't possibly have mm. the same knowledge that we do because we went through those experiences before. So I feel like it's always so unfair when I, you know, I see some kids their age, 13, 14, you know, just acting like complete jackasses, you know, like as long as they're not harming anything or anyone they're just being rude i'm just gonna look back in my life and say hey that was me and i'm glad that like someone didn't like hit me with my car when i was little acting like that you know i'm just like i'm not going to act and lash out at them i'm not going to try to reprimand them or give them a whole lecture like they're going through their experiences right now and movies like that that kind of like i said 13 reasons why and even thoroughbreds that's very that's very heightened those are very these are very dramatic movies that yes, like you said, we didn't really have to go through a lot of the things, the plot lines in these stories. But it's not like these things don't happen. And that's why it's even more intriguing to kind of watch these sort of uh, storylines play out. All right. One last quick quick question. All right. I know Perks of Being a Wallflower is probably one of, if not your favorite, coming of age film. How does Thoroughbreds compare to that? Better or worse? Oh, that's a great question, Mike. Yes, uh, I still remember when we went to go to the movies to see uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower, and we just came out of it like, wow, that movie was almost perfect. That movie was exceptionally great. Um, I would say Perks is definitely better, but Thoroughbreds, is, it's very, very different. Um, I think on the poster of Thoroughbreds, so this isn't a spoiler, but on the poster, it actually says, a, a critic says, this movie is a mix between Heather's and American Psycho. So you can kind of, you can see how it, it's a little bit darker. There's some type, there's, there's, there's more type of violence and, and that psychological thrilling aspect to this type of high school coming of age story compared to the more realistic of, you know, Perks of Being a Wallflower, or even like the Edge of Seventeen from a couple of years ago, those type of high school movies. So, yeah, it's different, but I would definitely pick Perks over this. Okay, cool. All right, so those are our um, favorite movies so far of 2019. Like Mike said, we're just halfway through the year. Lots of good movies to come. And we're going to move on to our favorite TV, um, favorite TV, what, series or season or episode that we have watched, Mike. So... Hit me, Mike. What has been your favorite TV moment or episode of this year so far? So I'm going with an episode, um, and I'm not going to spoil anything per se, but if you're not up to date on the second season of Westworld, then maybe just skip ahead. Just because I'm talking about a specific episode, I won't go into great detail, but I guess it could be considered spoiler. So... Please fast forward now. Okay. So uh, I forget what episode number it is in the second season of Westworld, but there is a um, kind of what you would call uh, a bottle episode 
um, that takes place. So it's separate, kind of separate from the rest of the season or series, but it does um, encapsulate and tie together some things that happen throughout the series and the second season. Um, and I, while I forget the name of the episode, um, it's about um, the Ghost Nation, a, a specific individual from Ghost Nation in Westworld uh, called Akichite. And it's just one of the best hours of television I've seen in a really long time. I, I watched this episode, and it was just beautifully shot. Um, it was in, uh, and I don't know how you say it, but it was in their native tongue, uh, you know, a specific uh, Native American tongue um, that only a couple thousand people in the world speak. Like almost 90% of an episode in this foreign language with subtitles, you know, in the middle of this Westworld series, um, I just can't express how beautiful the episode was, how well done it was, how well acted. Um, it was just incredible. And there are very few episodes of TV that I ever want to go back and rewatch. And this is one. I just absolutely loved it. Um, so I just, I can't sing his praises enough. And I'm trying to dance around a lot of the story. Um, because I, again, I don't want to spoil anything, but if you aren't caught up on Westworld out there or Rob, I highly recommend watching it and specifically looking out for this episode. I want to say it was like episode six or seven in, in this, in the season. Awesome, man. Um, yeah, I mean, thanks for outing me, but you're right. I'm, I haven't watched Westworld. It's, it's on my list of things to do, especially to watch for TV, but I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I know how much you love it. I know how much a lot of people out there love it. A lot of my other friends really, really truly talk highly about the show. So I am excited to watch this eventually. Hopefully, I'll get through it by the end of this summer. Has the second season ended? It has. It just ended last week. And so so this episode that you picked wasn't the, the, the season finale or anything, right? No, no. There's ten episodes, and I think this was six or seven. Cool, cool. And, um, I mean, just saying that it was probably one of your favorite episodes in the past, like, you know, couple years or something like that? Like, like is that what you're saying? Is one of the best episodes since... Can, can, I'm, I'm sorry to, for putting you on the spot right now, but, like, can you compare it to any other great episodes of past that you have seen? Um, oh, I'm trying to think and recall other great episodes of TV, but uh, this, this was honestly one of the best. I mean, they, it could very well be my favorite episode of, like, favorite hour of TV ever. Wow. Uh, it, it was it was just was phenomenal. I mean, it, it could have been a standalone movie. I mean, minus the fact that it's only 60 minutes long, an hour long. It, it just was it was incredible. Yeah, I was just blown away by how good and how cool the episode was. Um, man, I'm really struggling to think of other TV, other single episodes of TV that I. You know, I, I go back to Lost, and oh, I can't remember the name of the episode. I think it was called The Constant, maybe. Oh, that was um, so good. That's a great episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a phenomenal episode of, of television. And pro that, I mean, that's probably my favorite, you know, and but this is right up there with that. Like, But now thinking back to The Constant, I'm like really, really loved that episode. So that was an episode of, of Lost that revolved around um, the the character of G Damien. What was his name? Charlie, I think. No, 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 no. You're right. No, Damien. Yeah, yeah. Damien. Yeah. Um, and him and his love for uh Penny. Uh, oh, just what a great episode of TV that was. So 
that is probably my favorite ever. And this is right up there, number two, and who knows, could even be number one, maybe. You know, we might we might have to do some research and, and, and really reach back to our um, TV watching habits and try to come up with some type of list or episode where we talk about some of our favorite TV episodes of all time, because that, that's just awesome. It's, it's kind of cool, because we've watched so much TV in our past, and it's, it's easy, kind of like, because TV, TV episodes are just, you know, one of many in a season, and one of many seasons in a whole series, so it's kind of like, seemingly, almost like any episode might not exactly stand out more than the bunch, but there's always, in every single great show, a handful of episodes when you're like, yeah, that episode, for whatever reason, killed it like knocked it out of the park it wasn't just a filler it didn't it wasn't just half good and like half boring it, it was just every single thing about that one episode was perfect and that's kind of what you're getting at here especially with the constant and that Westworld episode so we might have to rack our brains and do a podcast episode like that one day what do you think yeah I mean it, it, the thing that is hard about that though is just like you know someone's gonna have to have seen every single season or episode of those shows that we're going to talk about. So it's a little hard. I mean, they might get in some enjoyment out of it, but there's definitely going to be like random episodes of TV shows that they never watched. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. And plus we'll probably just end up spoiling everything for people who haven't seen it. <laughs> no doubt about it. Spoiler city. All right. You're up. I am up. So uh, if you listen to the podcast before, you know how much I love the show called the Americans and you know how much, how Mike didn't really like it. So he stopped watching it. Anyway, this past year concluded The Americans, the sixth season and final season. So that was my favorite television series slash episode slash moment of 2018. Um, I just can't say too many good, enough good things about this show. This is easily one of my favorite shows of all time. Definitely top 10, maybe top five. And again, like The Americans is just such an intriguing show. And I tend to really like these type of shows that has some type of vehicle that is glamorous, that takes all the credit, that you can, like, in one, in a couple words, you can say, oh, that's a spy show, or oh, that's a football show. And I'll talk about the comparisons to Friday Night Lights, one of my favorite show of all time. But when you really look at it and analyze it and really take all of the fancy things away, strip it down to its soul to its heart of the storyline it's all about family it's about relationships it's about humanity and that's why i loved the americans so much because yes it was a show about spies and espionage and the cold war era in the in the 80s and russia versus america yes that was all nice and glittery but really at the heart of it was the relationship between the characters, Elizabeth and Philip, as a married couple, immigrants from Russia to America, their family, their best friend, Stan, and about how they interact with each other, how they, their actions had consequences, and how that really played into the bigger picture of everything that was going on. I'm not going to give any spoilers for those who haven't seen it. I can't recommend this show enough to you if you haven't seen it. I will say that the finale did absolutely fit the bill. It, it, I thought it was excellent. And it, it just fit it perfectly in the Americans because unlike other shows that I have watched, like I would say Homeland or 24 or even like the Mission Impossible movies, when you think of spies and stuff so forth, you kind of think about those action-driven plot lines and those big climactic explosions. 
But Homeland was such a quiet and small scope show. Like I said, it really dealt with the relationships and the marriages and the family. And so even when there was violence and killing on the show, it, it was done with a purpose. It didn't exploit it. It just displays the type of strain that it has on the individual's consciences and their souls. So again, it, it didn't end. There was no bang. There was no, you know, people, some people were probably waiting for just this big climactic event to happen, but the finale kind of just sizzled out the way the entire show did. It was more about the small relationships between the characters rather than let's see what big plot line in this cold war era was going to completely erupt in everyone's faces. So I truly love the finale. I truly love the Americans and I'm happy that it finally ended because it was just some, some of the best TV that I've watched um, in my entire life. Cool. I, 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 yeah, I, like I said, I fell off, like you said, I fell off with that show. So I can't really comment, but um, I'm glad you enjoyed it so much. That's right. Yeah. So we got one more. We got one more thing to talk about, right, Mike? What are we on now? Favorite sports moments of the last six months. Uh, favorite sports moments. That's right, folks. We actually do watch sports, too. So, you know, it's it's still a big part of pop culture. And we're going to review um, our favorite sports moment of this year. So go ahead, Mike. You go first. So I'm going to pick something that actually happened this morning. Um whatever time it was, like noon maybe, um, or a little before, uh, in the World Cup, Russia defeated Spain um, in penalty kicks. They had one more penalty goal, um, you know, four to three in penalty kicks. And what a, just like an crazy, a crazy, incredible game that was, um, and huge, huge upset, you know, for Spain losing and uh, Russia winning in their homeland, you know, when they're hosting the games. It was pretty cool. I don't even like soccer or, or football, as you may call it, um, but I really got into this game, and it was really, really enjoyable. So, yeah, pretty cut and dry. Are you watching the World Cup at all? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm watching it as much as I can. It's it's difficult when the United States didn't even qualify for it, so I'm already less intrigued or less interested in it. And soccer, I mean, I always loved soccer. I played soccer as you know, in my youth, I coached soccer for a handful of years when I graduated college. And, you know, I love the game and all, but there's just some things about the game that I truly don't. It, it, it reminds me every single four years when the World Cup comes on. It's like, oh, yeah, this is why I don't really follow soccer that much. You know, so um, but I do say it is fascinating. It's every four years. It, it's it feels it, it's a great, great sports moment. The entire world goes crazy over soccer, what they call football, obviously. So, yeah, I get I, I buy into it every single four years for the World Cup, but I'm not one to truly follow whether it's the MLS in America or the Premier League for the rest of the world. So I'm not into it that much, but I do enjoy soccer. So I am watching it. And I did watch that game. And it's just remarkable that the home crowd going nuts over a team that really has no like right beating Spain. It has no right. They're, they're not they're not that good. They, I don't think anyone really picked them to even pass on their, their their group along winning the first game of the elimination round. So this is just truly an incredible moment right now, especially for Russia, but also for just soccer fans around the world. I think it's great. Cool. All right. So my, my sports moment is uh, I'm talking about the Las Vegas Golden Knights of the NHL. Yes, the season started in 2017. But specifically their playoff run, they made it all the way 
to the Stanley Cup Finals. And for those who don't follow hockey, which honestly, there's a lot of you out there because no one watches hockey, and especially in America or the rest of the world. But let me just tell you, the Golden Knights was an expansion team. What that means is that they didn't exist prior to this season. And what does that mean? That means they have to get their players from other teams throughout the league in an, in a, in a, an expansion draft. So if you are a team, you look at your players and you say, hmm, I don't want this player going to the Golden Knights, a new team, so I'm going to protect them. But you can only protect so many players. So basically, your team will either have you protected or unprotected, and then the Golden Knights was able to draft players from the players that were unprotected. Meaning, those players that were unprotected kind of got the shaft. They, they had a little chip on their shoulder when they're like, okay, the Golden Knights, the new team wants me. My old team didn't even protect me, so they don't think I'm valuable enough to play for their team. And they kind of just, as a, as a whole, as a group of misfits, they banded together and they just absolutely got shot out of a cannon this season and just destroyed it. They had 109 points. They're the first expansion team to finish first in its division on, in, in, during its inaugural season. In the beginning of the year, they were 200 to 1 odds to win the Stanley Cup, which was the worst in the NHL because obviously they're an expansion team. There hasn't even been a winning season out of any four major sports since 1960 for expansion teams, and yet they kept on kept on defying all odds. They kept on overcoming adversity. They made it all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. Unfortunately, they lost to the Capitals, but still, no one can say that it wasn't a spectacular sports story to follow this throughout the year. Have you heard of this, or have you followed that at all, Mike? Um, I didn't follow too much, but I it was impossible to avoid. I felt like everybody was talking about it. You know, and, and it's pretty funny, like, you know, I was thinking about the way you're describing it. It sounds like the Mighty Ducks, a group of misfits that, you know, I know they know how to play hockey, but don't know how to play hockey and come together. And then by the end of the season, they're taking, you know, they're in the championships. Like, it's just kind of like how it feels. And I'm sure like all those guys bonded together with like, oh, my God, we're all the rejects from the league. You know what? We're going to show them. And they really did. Um, It's pretty incredible, you know. Um, I know a bunch of people that made a lot of money betting on them to make it in, even into the playoffs, um, let alone the Stanley Cup. So it just was pretty cool to watch. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And that's a pretty good uh, comparison, the Mighty Ducks. You know, they, it really did feel like they came from, you know, wearing scraps at the beginning of the season to just being that they were always the underdog. They were one of the best teams in the league, and every single game they played, they still felt like the underdog, and people were not taking them seriously. And maybe that's what play, you know played to their advantage, where people were just not you know, competing as hard as they should have against this team because they were an expansion team. But it paid off, and we'll see how they do next year. You know, Maybe they'll be back in the Stanley Cup. So, Mike, middle of 2018... Are you happy with everything that's happening in our entertainment world so far, or are you expecting more for the second half? I'm expecting more for the second half. I think the second half of this year will be the bread and butter, the cream of the crop. Um, so, yeah, I think the second half will be better than the first. Um, but it, even if it's not, I'm happy with what I've seen so far. Yeah, and I think it's kind of funny. I just want to point out before we finish that, out of all of the summer blockbusters and the big hits, and you know, movie-wise, 
we ended up picking our favorites that were probably the smallest films. <laughs> and I, I mean, like people are going to turn, people probably turned off our podcast. The second you said Anon and the second I said Thoroughbred were our favorite movies. We didn't pick Black Panther. We didn't pick Infinity War. We didn't pick all these monster films. So what do you think about that, Mike? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I feel like I sound like a broken record. All those movies are fine. They're just the same old same old stuff you know and i'm looking for new th- new things i want original content i did i will give honorable mention to jurassic park fallen kingdom uh, jurassic world fallen kingdom excuse me um i did see that recently and it was a fun movie like you know it, it wasn't necessarily a good film but it was fun um and it made a ton of money so you know as all those movies did you know this is why this is why i love podcasting with you man because like i could i i, I lose my mind when I try to talk to movies with someone and they just start talking about Marvel and superheroes, I'm like, no, there, you know, there's other movies out there, right? You know, it's just, uh, it's so frustrating, but I'm, that's why I'm, that's why I love doing this with you, bud. Yeah, man. L- listen, I want to throw up a little, uh, questionnaire for people. Um, not even a questionnaire, a question. <laughs> um, and maybe people can respond in the comment section. Um, one thing that and we, and Rob and I will talk about this if we get some responses, one thing that I've kind of noticed or I've seen has been dwindling has been comedy films. You know, there hasn't been a ton of comedy films that have come out this year. There's a handful that I can even think of. Um, and it seems like more and more each year, there's just less and less of these type of movies. So why do you think that is? Um, and do you think that this is going to be a permanent thing that um, comedies are just going to live on places like Netflix and Hulu um, and not even make it into the theaters anymore? Hey, that, that's an outstanding question. I think we'll definitely tweet that out and hopefully get some responses. And then, you know, I'm sure you and I will talk about this in a, in a later episode. That's a great question, Mike. Thank you. All right. All right. So thank you for listening. We are the Popcorn and Pop Culture Podcast. You can check us out on WordPress, and all the, you know, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, everything, any, anywhere where you listen to podcasts. So thank you and uh, tune in next time. Peace. Peace.